because, for example, costume can be very expensive, very beautiful, very have a lots and lots of decoration, but it not complements the dancer. Welcome to Belly Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including belly dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories secrets and tips with you hello guys you're listening to ballet dance live podcast and i'm very excited to release uh, the interviews olga ida exactly today on september 15th because this is her birthday so if you're listening right now or just a few days after september 15th don't forget to go ahead and send her birthday wishes because uh, she's one of the bright uh, uh, members of ballet dance community who makes all dancers shine even more than they are uh, because she provides us all those beautiful costumes and designs so i think you will like i hope you will like this interview and getting a little bit of insight into her creative process but also don't forget to send her a message and uh, wish her uh, something nice for her uh, birthday or for her recent birthday if you are listening after September 15th. Just before we dive into the actual interview, I would like to remind you about one resource that I mentioned on the previous podcast episode. It's a free guide to figuring out what to practice. And I was talking a little bit about it on the uh, previous uh, uh, podcast show. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, I would just uh, recommend you go back to the previous episode and dig into it. But uh, now I'd like to introduce one more awesome, awesome free resource for you because, okay, you figure out what to practice and how to train uh, when we are talking about training on your own without teacher's guidance. But one of the things that stop us very often from getting any results is consistency. And you're not alone. <laughs> I actually believe this is one of the main reasons, uh, issue number one, uh, in any profession, but specifically in the dance world, that prevents dancers to see the progress and prevents them from pushing to the next level. Because we always struggle with consistency. We get excited, we want to practice, we want to get better, but we need to keep that incitement on a consistent long-term basis to see actual results. So I just want to let you know about one more free guide, free ebook, but this time about helping you to keep your dance training consistent. So you will find a lot of tips about how to motivate, how to build a mindset and what uh, what tips can help you to uh, make your dance practice on a regular basis. So if you'd like uh, to get this, it's free ebook. So 
The only thing you need to do is actually click on the link and get it. And I will put the link in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know about this uh, free ebook because I think it's a lot of useful tips there uh, you will find. And I hope you'll get inspired to dance and practice even more. And now without further delay, let's uh, dive into the interview with Aida. Olga Aida, I'm so excited to have you here today on the podcast because you are definitely one of my favorite designers to follow and I'm sure a lot of our listeners love your designs too. So welcome to the show! (laughs) Thank you very much, Jana. Hello. Hello, Rio. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. It was unexpected for me. (laughs) Well, it was long time requested by many of our listeners, so I'm happy we finally do it today. (laughs) (laughs) So many of ballet dancers know you as a a famous ballet dance designer, but you also, you started your journey with ballet dance as well, and you, you did ballet dance starting from 2006, if I'm not mistaken. How did you got involved? Do you remember your first class and your first impressions about ballet dance? Uh, yes, sure, I remember. It's, uh, it's absolutely accidentally. Uh, it's happened with me. Uh, I saw on the street a beautiful poster, invitation to ballet dance class, and it was uh, 2004. And it was something very new and exotic and interesting for me. I just go to check what is really that. And uh, I love it. And I danced till 2010, six years I danced. Mm. Was it uh, uh, love from first moment or did it take you uh, time to get really into it? <laughs> yes, maybe from the first moment, but... Uh, I came to class, I decided, uh, okay, I just will try just for me, just to to move myself. Uh, after some time, I was thinking, okay, maybe I can go to stage for some school performances, but never something more. Okay, after some time, I think, okay, maybe some competition, <laughs> but nothing else. <laughs> yes, and... Uh, like this, uh, I dance with a group and uh, visit a lot of Ukrainian festivals and dance and perform six years. Yeah, that's how it usually goes. We never like uh, think, uh, oh, just this and nothing else. But then the journey keeps going. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how did you start making costumes? What was the moment? <laughs> uh, First costumes uh, I make for for me for my performance. Maybe after some time, after some time, uh, it was dance school. I have uh, dance friends, and we perform. And I make for me for friends some costumes. And uh, I think 2007 I make my uh, first uh, professional costumes. For me, professional costume, beautiful, rich, with a lot of decoration for, like, for big stage. Mm. Do you remember that very first costume that you define as professional costume? Yes, I remember, and uh, I even have picture. Uh, what was it look like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it was like fashionable at the time with uh, a lot of uh, beards, uh, uh, pearls, um, uh, lush skirt, and mm. lots and lots of small decoration and small stones. <laughs> <laughs> cool. On your uh, website, on your costume uh, store website, um, you wrote that in order to be a successful on the competitions, great belly dance costume is an absolute must-have. And that's something that you realized during your participation in the, cost, uh, in the competitions. And that's something that... Um, you mentioned on your website that it was something to motivate you to actually go and do your own costumes because you couldn't find anything suitable on the market at that time that you would consider as a uh, great professional balladance costume. So what was missing in the costumes and costume fashion of that time uh, at the competition scene, I assume in, in Ukraine or like nearby countries, whichever you you visited, what was missing there that made you think, okay, I need to do it myself and I need to do it professional costume. What was what was that missing element that you could not find that or say that that was great costumes on stage? First, uh, it was interesting for me to try to do something so beautiful like belly dance costume. Because I have seen education and I make some ordinary clothes before. And belly dance costume, it's something so beautiful and uh, not ordinary. I wanted to try to do it by my hands. It was most uh, interesting for me. But also, uh, for example, uh, uh, in this time it was uh, very cheap Egyptian costumes uh, that fit not well. I wanted to have something comfortable with uh, elastic straps on the bra and a well-fitted belt that will not move when I dance and stay on my hips. <laughs> Right, it's that times that uh, elastics, like now we think, oh, it's very common to have both like uh, elastic straps on the bra and non-elastic, but those times it was only one option, only a non-elastic with hooks and hopefully good fitting hooks. <laughs> ah, that's funny. And since then, now you really grew, grow in the whole like team and atelier, how many costumes do you produce per year, average, like more or less, in the last like few years, let's say? <laughs> how many in average? How many costumes did you create it? More than 100, maybe. Wow. Every year? Yes. Wow. Yes, lots of costumes. Uh, I'm very happy to have lots of orders. And also I have my ideas and I make costumes for sale, not only for orders, but I have some ideas, I make it and uh, I sell it. Mm. And how big is your team right now? Because I assume it's not just you do everything on your own for 100 costumes. It's, it's crazy. It's like one costume for every three and a half day. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but please let me have this my small secret. 
of course it's team it's few persons but uh, i will keep my secret okay will not say okay <laughs> exactly <laughs> sure sure uh but the, um just for to to get a little bit snippet on your creative process do you usually do one costume at a time it's like okay we are working on this costume we finish move on or is it a couple of costumes in progress all the time uh we make it's like collections yes few costume in progress all the time mm -hmm. can be five ten few few questions i see <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned that you do both uh, ready-made costumes, like for sale, with your own ideas, and you do also costume, like for orders, like then people can ask you to do specific costume. Uh, let's first talk about your own costumes that you do for your own collections. Uh, where uh, where do you get your inspiration for new ideas and new costumes? <laughs> oh, everywhere. It's uh, everywhere and every time. I think about it all the time. I don't know, it can be... Uh, I can wake up at the night at 3 I am, for example, go to the kitchen and write in the paint, try to draw some costumes. can be like that. I can see something beautiful and uh, have idea how to do it, how to use it in the belly dance costume. Mm. Are you the one designer of all your costumes or you have someone helping you with designing, like not performing, but designing the costumes? Are you the only designer of Olga Aida style? <laughs> yes, uh, only me make designs. I have somebody who sew, who make costumes, but mm. design is my job. And uh, like, what does your creative process look like? Okay, you may get some... Uh, basic like idea or inspiration for something but uh, like what is the moment okay I'm doing this costume do you start with the drawing the design or is it looking for fabrics like how does the creative process of putting together a costume look like can, can you walk us step by step or like <laughs> the stages like first we do this then we do this then we do this <laughs> mm -hmm. it uh, can be in different way Sometimes I can start from the drawing, really have some idea, make drawing and try to collect uh, fabric and furniture, everything what I need for this, for ready idea, for ready drawing. Sometimes I see a beautiful fabric, I buy all the time. If I see something beautiful, I buy. Even if I don't know what I will do with it, I buy. And after I'm thinking what I can do with it, and find maybe some interesting uh, furniture and put everything together. Mm. And uh, how many, I don't know, adjustments or reviews you do throughout the process making? Is it usually like you planned your idea and it's exactly like you planned or you, you change it uh, while you're making the costume? Yes, it's happened very often. I can change in the process something. We do it and they see, oh no, no, must something change, don't like, okay, try to change, try to move all elements very often. 
for ordered costumes, for costumes that someone asks you to, to do specifically for them so they are not a part of the collection. How much people define the design? Like, is it something that you set up like, oh no, just tell me like general design, I don't know, wide, narrow skirt, tell me the color and dress I'll do? Or people actually go in a very detailed description of how they want their costume to look like? How is it usually? Uh, mostly they choose some of my designs and say, for example, I want like this, but please change this element or change this element and uh, change color, for example. And uh, usually like that. Sometimes they draw for me their design and they make like from beginning, something very new from beginning, and we all the time in touch, and they make pictures or video and send to customer, and she can check and tell me, oh, please move this and uh, fix this and change this, for example, in the process. So we do it together. Mm. Uh, when someone uh, comes to you and tells, oh, I want a costume from you, like, can you make a costume for me? What usually kind of questions do you ask them? Do you have like something typical that you know you need to know to make sure you kind of guess their expectations? <laughs> yes, I asked usually for uh, which performance, what it will be. Uh, I like to hear the music, for example. What kind of type of, what, what style of dance of this girl? who is like a dancer, which, what is her style? She, for example, very soft or very expressive. It's very important. Costume should complement dancer. And also I ask it for competition or for, for example, for restaurant or for, perform, for performance on big stage. It's uh, important and it's a big difference than the viewers can see dancer very close to their eyes. Oh, it's big stage, big light, and dancer far away. Mm. That's interesting point. I was just about to ask you, like, what's the difference? Uh, what kind of performance it is? So, are there any other differences uh, that would influence design of costume uh, according to the event type, or is it just? how far the audience is from the dancer? Or is there any other, like, what's the difference of performing, I don't know, at the competition, student hafla, a restaurant, someone's wedding, like, what, how would this possibly influence your ideas for design? <laughs> okay, for example, if a uh, uh, dancer uh, work in restaurant and dance a uh, few times in the week, in the restaurant, in the floor, uh, maybe it uh, must be not so many stones, but interesting, uh, some interesting line, and maybe a little bit more open, uh, a little bit more erotic than for big stage, for example. And uh, in this case, maybe some shiny fabrics, fabrics, and uh, interesting point in design. But if it's competition, if it's a performance on big stage, uh, I like style, like she must look like a princess. 
you know, lots of stones, uh, big ornaments. Uh, it must be uh, good visible from uh, big distance. Bright colors, maybe fly skirt. I just, uh, while listening to you, also thought about my own preference usually for those that um, different events influence the kind of costume I would order from designer. Because if I know I want this costume to perform on a like weekly basis in restaurants or banquet halls, I usually, I just realized, I usually ask designer, don't make white edge of the skirt. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like no white skirts for restaurants or banquet halls because it's a nightmare to clean it every time after performance so it can be white but just do the rim of the skirt dark <laughs> practice yeah that's so true also i had one of your costumes that i was wearing for many years in the past and one of the striking thing that I noticed that really differentiate your costumes from other costumes, that it was super comfortable. And this is something that I know uh, some other dancers, uh, they were sharing the same experience with your costume. So it's not only my personal opinion. <laughs> I heard it from several other people that one of the like, characteristic features like right away, like, oh, yes, it's beautiful. Also, it's comfortable. What is your secret of making them so comfortable? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yes, it's my secret. I have very sensitive skin, me. And I try all costumes and I make a photo shooting with costumes. Yes, for website, for, for internet. So I wear all my costumes. And if it's not comfortable, if something wrong with it, it's... I feel very bad. It's impossible for me. So it's like my point. It's like my point. I love them. Uh, for example, some new dancer, yes, new customer wear a costume and it's nothing to fix. Like she can go to stage immediately. She just wear and ready. It's uh, like my goal for costumes to make like this all the time. Yeah, that's exactly was my experience. I don't even remember if I needed to change hooks because it was on elastic. I mean, I think I did slight adjustments for hooks just to make sure, <laughs> but like it could be like just go and dance. Uh, also, like one of the things that I remember from that costume and I really miss in all my other costumes now, it's super comfortable bra. Like I'm not going to ask you where you get them, <laughs> but just uh, like I know your secrets probably, but... Uh, just a question, like, do you actually outsource? Do you get them from a specific supplier? Or you uh, produce, you're creating those kind of bras yourself, like, or your team? Just just to know. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, I buy Egyptian cups. It looks like uh, uh, half of, two half of sphere. Mm -hmm. like, it's just, uh, like, form for bra. And I produced bra by myself. I cut the form, add this adjusted uh, straps, padding inside and make form. It's, uh, I do it by myself. Mm, that's interesting because the form is very, very different from all other bras. And I remember me like getting those uh, like uh, known Dina bras that are hard, hardcore bras. But then like they don't, 
they are different so like the form the shape was was something different so interesting so getting some of your little secrets <laughs> in general do you prefer to uh, make uh, costumes for others or do you prefer to uh, make your own collections mm-hmm. have by have all the time i have some orders all the time i do something do something new cannot say i prefer this or this <laughs> We often talk that costume has to uh, match the dancer. That even you were saying, like, the costume has to complement the dancer. So the same costume can be great for one dancer and not be suitable for another dancer. Just not a good fit. What would be your advice? How to make sure that costume really match your personality? Like, what dancers should think about because sometimes especially if it's uh, someone who is just starting ballet dance and buying their one of the first costumes uh, it's sometimes very easy to fall under the impression oh it's shiny oh it's nice color okay I'm buying it it's great but it doesn't necessarily mean that costume really match this person so how would you suggest what to pay attention on then choosing costume to make sure that it really matches your I don't know body type hair color whatever like what would be your like I don't know a few advices for our listeners when they are choosing costumes to make sure that they are choosing the best costume specifically for them (laughs) good question Uh, nobody ideal yes we all women and we know uh, what uh, in our body most beautiful part yes and what we want to cover and don't show uh, so uh, many times girls tell me what they want I want to show this and when I want to cover this and then I get uh, older I um, love to watch uh, pictures check Facebook page for example of customer and uh, uh, watch her pictures and for example if i think uh, this design not good for her shape or not good for her body i advise something to, for example i have an idea please let's uh, let's do not like you want but maybe you will like this idea or this idea like can you give maybe a one example of uh, like not naming names but for instance uh, this girl she contacted me she wanted this and then I saw that for her I don't know whatever like body type or manner of dancing and then I advise her to let's do something like different can you just give like one recent example if something comes on your mind <laughs> for example uh, let's take Asian girls in general yes they not tall for example, and if they choose some design, uh, and I'm sure they will look like, uh, for example, make their legs shorter and cut body like uh, two parts, I not do like this. And usually I offer design what uh, makes them taller. Mm-hmm. I want they look taller on the stage, for example, make some. Uh, volumistic decoration on the hips to add uh, to add more movements for their hips for example Mm, i see i see 
And uh, what, uh, in your opinion, defines uh, a great professional costume? Like what, I don't know, like let's say uh, three things that you can give as a description to say is it a professional costume or not professional costume. Okay, three things. First, perfect fitting. Perfect fitting and comfortable. Second, good quality of materials and stones. And uh, third things, for, for me, most important general impression and general look. Because, for example, costume can be very expensive, very beautiful, very have lots and lots of decoration, but it's not compliments the dancer, not make her more beautiful. I can see lots of decoration, I can see lots of colors, but I cannot see the dancer after this costume. So I think this moment is very important. I love what you just said, that uh, we can see a lot of decorations, but we cannot see the dancer. Uh, in in them behind them so that's great reminder that because I was curious like would you possibly name like shiny as one of the descriptions of professional costume and you didn't and it was like oh yeah it's a great reminder that you don't need to have enormous amount of stones on your costume to make it look professional that it's different qualities even that designer <laughs> would describe as a professional costume and it's not included like shiniest, shinest costume necessarily in the professional category. Uh, we talked a little bit about your inspiration and where do you get inspiration from everywhere, uh, starting from like... Uh, some more crazy ideas in the mid of the middle of the night to some, see something else. Uh, have you ever hit an overburn during these years of design that you felt like, okay, I ran out of ideas. I don't have anything to, to, to create. Yes, of course it's happened. Like with everybody maybe, uh, and uh, just need some like renovation, some rest, to have some rest, uh, to try to find something new, new fabrics, like looking for new inspiration in this case. And usually the fabrics is one of your uh, ways to, to solve it. <laughs> yes, I love very much. Then I get something new and I found something new. Uh, I... I immediately find lots of new ideas. <laughs> That's awesome. And you also mentioned that after six years of ballet dancing, uh, you stopped uh, practicing the dance form and stuff. Like you're still in the dance community, obviously. Uh, was uh, the reason, uh, uh, what was the reason why you stopped uh, actually ballet dancing? Uh, I give a beers for my daughter in 2010 and uh, baby and family it's take lots of times and I travel maybe one time in months or two time in months and every day I'm in my studio in atelier and uh, I want to come back to belly dance but I imagine if I will go for example to dance class three times a week uh, my daughter will forget how I look like. <laughs> mm. 
And how do you manage to combine even, I can imagine, busy schedule working on costumes and having a small uh, a small daughter? <laughs> no, she's not very small. She's eight years. Uh, and uh, she usually, then I, then I'm abroad, uh, her father, my husband, take care about her. So they get used for it. For them, it's okay. <laughs> I see. By the way, you also expanded your store uh, to US, uh, right? You have a branch, uh, Ida, Olga Ida uh, store of costumes in US. How did that happen that you have like a, I don't even know how to like affiliate <laughs> store <laughs> with your designs in US? Oh, how it happened in uh, uh... Uh, two years ago, maybe, or three years ago, in uh, New York, New York Festival organized by Mohammed Shahin, I met one uh, girl from, from Ukraine, Maria Shanyuk. Uh, happy to introduce her. <laughs> uh, she lives in Chicago, and uh, we like make friendship very quickly, and we decide to try to work together. So this boutique in USA... Uh, she works in the USA, she also gets orders, uh, have customers. And is it there, is it there uh, usually ready-made costumes from you? Or is it a, a combination of, I don't know, your and her designs? Like, or is it just you produce costumes in Ukraine and then just send uh, some of them to, to, to US? How, how does that work? <laughs> It's my costumes, my designs. It's uh, the same costumes, the same way the style like uh, here in Ukraine and like everywhere. I send these costumes for her. She visits some festivals in the USA because it's impossible for me to go everywhere, just for me. And uh, she get orders. Yes, she can get orders uh, from customers. Send it to me. And we make it, and it's uh, more easy uh, for customers from USA because payment methods inside of USA, and we deliver the costume between us more easy. And uh, so for customer, it's more comfort for customers in USA. Mm, I see. Uh, so where else can people find your costumes? Like, obviously, we just... Oh, by the way, which uh, which city in USA the physical boutique is? Chicago. Chicago. But I assume probably delivery uh, all around USA. It's more quickly in any... In, in any case, it's more quickly than from Ukraine. Okay, so we have uh, uh, option to get it from USA boutique. Uh, we have option to find you in Ukraine to get your costumes. Where else uh, can dancers find your costumes? I work with a few shops in Japan. In Japan. Or from my website around the world. I send costumes in many countries. <laughs> and I uh, visit, of course, lots of festivals. Awesome. Mm. 
So before I kind of ask our concluding question of the podcast, can you just tell people where are you the most active on social media? Where can they see and follow your new costume creations? Uh, I don't know, is it uh, Facebook, is it Instagram? Where you are the most active right now? <laughs> I think it's Facebook and Instagram. But everywhere. I'm online almost all the time. So welcome to contact me. Maybe Facebook and Instagram will be more quickly. I can answer more quickly, maybe. But also website, email, everything. And what are upcoming uh, trips and festivals in the next few months so that people can uh, catch you in person and see your costume and new collections there? Yes, next week it will be Rax Taiwan Festival in Taipei, organized by, by Ali Dalin. And after uh, it's uh, USA, Rockstar in Miami, Virginia Mendes organizer. And after European festivals, Danish Open Belly Dance in uh, Copenhagen and uh, festival in Germany, Duisburg by Leila Giovanna. So it's on next two months. <laughs> Busy schedule. <laughs> um. That's awesome. I also will definitely put uh, links to your social media as well as to your online store to the uh, show notes of this episode. So whoever is interested, however, got inspired to get Ida's costumes, uh, <laughs> you can uh, easily find link in the show notes. Uh, and uh, her designs are not only uh, fabulous, but very comfortable too. <laughs> I can say it from, <laughs> from my own experience. Olga, I am very grateful for you to take time and share a little bit of your uh, insights into your working and creative process. So thank you for your time of being on podcast today. And I always uh, finish every episode with uh, one uh, question, but today I will adapt it slightly <laughs> uh, to fit our topic. But the question is, what makes you fall in love with ballet dance and ballet dance costume creation so that you keep doing it for so many years? I do it because it's impossible not to do. I want to do it in any case. I love my job. I have all these ideas and I must turn it in the life. All these costumes, it's impossible to stop for me, maybe impossible to, uh, to not create and, to, and not to make the costumes. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's the uh, sort of a, a blessing and burden of creative person. We have to create something. <laughs> and, and in your case, it's beautiful costumes that highlight and uh, complement so many dancers all around the world. So thank you for this. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's uh, really my happiness. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your 
daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcast so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.